Fun Ideas Productions presents the Fun Ideas Podcast. Hi, this is Mark Arnold, and welcome to Fun Ideas Podcast number 144. This episode is sponsored by the fine folks at Lee's Comics. From high atop the stately Lee's Comics mansion, we bring you the Lee's Comics Radio Hour with tonight's special guests, Spider-Man, Superman, Batman, Cerebus the Aardvark, and yours truly, Wally Fields. Friends, have you tried Lee's Comics? Lee's Comics is better than the leading comic book store. Wait a minute. Lee's Comics is the leading comic book store, based on arbitrary standards set by Lee Hester himself. Lee's Comics eBay store is still going strong with over 10,000 vintage comics, the majority of which are now on sale. For half off, choose from Lee's huge stock of golden, silver, bronze, and modern age comics, and specializing in Silver Age Marvel titles. You can count on friendly service, accurate grading, and quick, secure shipping backed by a money-back guarantee. To check out Lee's eBay store, go to eBay. Click Advanced Search to the left of the search bar. Scroll down to Sellers and enter Lee's Comics, Inc., period. That's L-E-E-S-C-O-M-I-C-S-I-N-C, period. Don't forget the period. Lee's Comics is shipping daily with no delays. New items daily. Mention the Fun Ideas podcast and get a free bonus gift. Dennis the Menace, originally a comic book panel introduced in 1951, expanded into a comic book series, an American television series starring Jay North, an animated television series, and subsequent television series, books, and feature films. There's even a chapter on the British version of Dennis the Menace and Dennis' longtime association with Derek Green and his playground. Pocket Full of Dennis the Minutes by Mark Arnold and Fun Ideas Productions explores the entire history of Dennis the Minutes and is available now on Amazon and Fair Manor Media in hardcover, paperback, and ebook versions. Order your copies today. Hey Michael, it says here we've written another book about the monkeys. Wasn't the first one enough? Not at all, Mark! Our original book, Looking for the Good Times, Examining the Monkey Songs One by One, was very successful, but only covered half the story. Which half? The group half. Our new book, Headquartered, A Timeline of the Monkey's Solo Years, covers the solo half. Who knew the monkeys record so many solo albums? Not only that, but this book covers all of their solo projects, including stage shows, horse racing, running record labels, directing and starring in TV shows and movies, voice acting, and jail. Jail? Did the monkeys go to jail? Ah, you have to read the book to find out. You sold me. Have you sold them? Who, who, who's them? 
those people out there listening to this. Well, listen to this. This book has discographies, photos, and other information about the Prefab Four, Mickey, Davey, Peter, and Mike, the Solo Monkeys, plus another nifty cover by Scott Shaw. Wow, he did our last cover, and this one's equally good. Where can you get this masterpiece? Announcer. Announcer? That's me. <coughs> get Headquartered, a timeline of the Monkey Solo Years, written by Michael A. Ventrella and Mark Arnold. Those two guys. It's available in hardback, paperback, or ebook from BearManorMedia.com or from Amazon. Get your copies today. Cool. I'm going to get one today. You can now order my latest book, the TTV Scrapbook, from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or Bear Manor Media. If you'd like signed copies of this or any of my books, please email me at funideas.mark at gmail.com for further information on how to order directly from me via PayPal. I'm currently working on a Dino Writers article for Back Issue Magazine and, of course, the Mad and Turtles books. My next book should be the Pac-Man book I turned in earlier this year. It should be out sometime in 2022. Today's show is our final show for the fourth season, and we're ending the year with a great guest who's done work for Harvey, Archie, DC, Marvel, and many others, and is now a caricature artist. Here he is, Howard Bender. Hi, this is Mark Arnold at Fun Ideas Podcast, and today on the show we have artist Howard Bender. How are you today, sir? Great. Thanks for calling and having this meeting. We can talk <laughs> old, about old times, so to speak. You can deduct it off your taxes. <laughs> I can? Yeah, wow. sure. Okay. Why not? <laughs> So, um, you know, the, the basic thing is, um, I know you from Harvey Comics, but you worked for Marvel and worked for DC and Archie and other places. How did you kind of get your start? Uh, tell me a little bit about yourself and where you first got into the comic book industry. Okay, well, I started collecting comics at an early age, around six, and then really got into collecting in around 11, 12. And um, we had a comic book store that opened here in Pittsburgh. It was called Ides Entertainment in 1972. <laughs> and I uh, would ride my bike over the Highland Park Bridge to get there. And um, we started a club called the Pittsburgh Comics Club. So <laughs> I was really in the comics. And I knew that from an early age that I really wanted to draw comics, though I really didn't know how. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, well, we had the club, and one of the, our, very, our very first um, convention that we had in like in 1973, Stan Lee was the, uh, the guest of honor. So the club managed to have lunch with him, and we uh, set up a meeting, and we had lunch, and I brought my well, I brought my portfolio because uh, the president of the club, Penn, Ben Pondexter, told me to bring my portfolio because he wanted me to show it to Stan. So <laughs> after, after we ate our meal in the middle of uh, our dessert, I uh, pulled out this huge, big portfolio full of my work, which wasn't very much, and I zipped, unzipped it, opened it up, and plopped it right in Stan's lap. <laughs> and I said, I'd like to work at Marvel. 
how do I get a job there? He says, well, you know, I don't really do the hiring. And, you know, you know, Stan, right? Yeah, I've met him That's something like three or four say. times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because that is something he was a he's so diplomatic. And that's one of the wonderful things why we love him so much because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so after I graduated art school, which was called Ivy School of Professional Art, we had two um, major art schools in downtown Pittsburgh. One was Ivy and the other was the Arts Art Institute. And I was going to Ivy, and um, Paul Galassi was going to was going to Art Institute. And every once in a while, we would meet for lunch and talk about how we would, about the industry and how we'd like to break in. And uh, he was already seeing Starenko and uh, getting tips from Dan Atkins at the time. And he would show me all this awesome stuff that he was doing with them, hmm. and uh, you know, which was very inspiring. So. He, he, he got into the industry way, you know, before I did. And um, I moved to Manhattan in 1974 just so I could find a job in the industry so I could work in comics because this is something I really loved doing. I really loved to want to do that. So I went to every comic book company in Manhattan, which was where they were at the time, because you can go anywhere now. You don't even have to leave your house to get, a, to get an interview. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the places I went was Harvey. So I met one of the Harvey brothers and yeah, we talked for a night. He was very nice. We talked about comics and things like that, but he said there was nothing there for me to do. So, and I also went to Archie. I went there. They were up near, uh, near the waterfront, pretty much up there. By the Is that way, in by the Mimarinac, or were they somewhere else? No, no, they were in Manhattan. Okay, next so they to, moved to Mimarinac, um, and I think they've moved again since, but, yeah. They were in Manhattan next, right next to uh, the, uh, who's the guy who says, I can't get no respect, the comedian? Oh, Dangerfield? Right yeah. yeah, he had a club. Oh, okay, and yeah. Right next, to his, right next to his club. To the Archie. And, and, wow, and I never knew see, that. <laughs> if you look through the, between the two buildings, you could see the water, the waterfront down there. So that, oh. They were really close. And, uh, you know, I think I talked at that time, I talked to uh, Sid. Oh. Well, Archie would probably be Victor, Victor Gorley. Vic, yeah, that's who I talked to. Vic. He was, he'd been there a long time. He's, yeah. he, was, he knows everything about Archie. He was like the soul of, mm-hmm. I mean, he was really like the, but really kept everything running up there. Yeah. And I also went to DC and uh, Asherman. No, I forget. Well, like I said, Names are really uh, yeah. slippy by. Was it Dick Giordano or? Uh, no, no, uh, Dick wasn't there yet. No. Um, I met someone in production. He did the coloring. Mm-hmm. Oh, there. okay. Okay. And he, sh- he showed me around the office. He was so polite to me and so nice. He didn't have to take the time to. Was that. it Julie Schwartz? No, no, oh. no. <laughs> I Julie, don't know. <laughs> Julie became my boss. At, oh, was okay. my editor at one time. Okay. When I was doing Superman and... Uh, Mm-hmm. Dial H for Hero. He was my editor, but I was working up at the offices at the time in production. I did uh, put the get covers together, so I would see him every morning, and I would say, "Good morning, uh, good morning, Julie." And he would look back at me and point and say, "Prove it." <laughs> every time he would say that. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I think he was, you know, challenging me to make a good point. <laughs> or he was just trying to be, you know, a, a curmudgeon. 
like <laughs> that he was. Okay, so anyway, uh, I got into, uh, and also went down to um, Warren Publishing, oh, yeah. and I saw Bill Dubay down there. Mm -hmm. And one of the one of the first times I was down there with uh, Bill Dubay, he asked me to come into his office, and um, he was already in there talking to uh, Bernie Wrightson. Mm -hmm. And Bernie had did this beautiful painting, and, he, and uh, uh, Bill had this huge, huge office, and his desk was set way back, and the wall was way over here, and Bernie's painting was set up on a chair or, or a couch on top of the on top of the couch leaning up against the wall and um he was really ripping it apart not bernie mm. but bill was really ripping this poor his painting apart and wow. and uh bill was um and bernie was so professional about it he, he really took it all very well mm. and uh, that was a good lesson right there for me because i was such a a big fan, you know, and still am a big fan of uh, Bernie's work. Right. And I, I could not ever see him doing anything wrong. Yeah. But, you know, Bill had his, his way of, uh, he knew about, he knew about production and how things line up and how they reproduce and things like that. And so he probably had that, he was probably talking from that point of view, which was, I guess he gave him some really good criticism that would help him. Um, so, and also I went to Marvel mm -hmm. and they had a uh, reception area and I would go around every week making the rounds. This was like in October of 74. Mm -hmm. I would make the rounds of all the comic book companies, the ones I just mentioned mm -hmm. and the ones that told me, you know, there was no chance. Mm -hmm. I would cross them off, mm -hmm. but I kept going back to Marvel and Warren because they were, you know, at least keeping the door open. And I would go to Marvel, and I would sit in the reception area, waiting for someone to come out and talk to me. Mm -hmm. And one day, somebody did. <laughs> Danny Crespi came out and said, you want to work here? We got an opening Wow! <laughs> in production, in the bullpen. And I said, the bullpen, the magic bullpen, Marvel right. magic bullpen. <laughs> yeah, okay, let's go. And then the same day, I got Bill DeBay tells me he wants me to work there in production. <laughs> so I got a job <laughs> at Marvel and Warren at the same time. Wow. And I was working for both of them because uh, at the same time, because I was like, you know, uh, what do they call that when you, you're not really uh, accepted? Probation. I was in a oh, probation okay. period between um, Marvel and, and Warren. Hmm. But when I was working at Morn, I got to work on their, uh, I, you know, I got to meet everybody. And uh, one of the, uh, Wheezy was up, up there as an editor. Mm -hmm. This was before she started working at Marvel. And, um, uh, well, the colorist up there, she did the coloring on the, uh, the spirit inserts. Oh, yeah. Uh, he also was, uh, for a while, she was uh, Bernie's wife for a while. I forgot her name. No, Louise Jones? No. Uh, no. Anyway. And then when you said colorist, I said Marie Severin. I was thinking Marie Severin, but she's over at Marvel. So never See, this is why I am not a good interviewer. Because <laughs> That's I, cool. I'm not good with Everybody names. watching this is like, 
Howard, Mark, I know it. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> no, we'll figure all it right, out. All right, all right, all right. So, but the fun part was I got to work on uh, Warren's um, uh, convention booklet. Oh. And I, I also got to go to the convention and work their convention, which was a lot of fun. And I got to meet um, uh, Flory Ackerman, okay. which, was a, which was really fun. And he's, he's a... He's a good, uh, he'd, be, he'd be a great interview if you were still here with us. Yeah, I met him once. It was the first time I went to San Diego Comic Convention yes. in 91 or something. And I thought that would be the only time I went. But I, had gone, I haven't gone recently, but I've gone about 10 times at least. So, And so I ran, went around and I got autographs just on just the hotel stationery because I didn't even have right, anything right. for anybody to sign. But, where he signed it, and then I got Ray Harryhausen, I got Will Eisner, I got a few others, Kelly Freeze, you know, just because, you know, I don't know if I'm ever going to see these people again, because I didn't live in Southern California, I was in Northern California, and now I'm in Oregon, so it's even further away, but, you know. I get you. I know just what you mean. I The first convention that we went to, uh, well, the first one I ever went to was an EC convention in Manhattan, and that was only because I was there visiting my fiance was that the ec one the 1972 one the yeah, that big one. Reunion? oh wow that <laughs> was it and uh, and uh we uh, i hitchhiked to manhattan <laughs> my cousin and i hitchhiked to manhattan so i could visit see my girl my girlfriend who was going to fit at the time and she became my wife joni my wife is now <laughs> and um yeah that was fun but my then we went to the uh Phil Sewing conventions, and I know oh, yeah. what you mean, getting all those autographs was so much fun. And everybody was so open. All the professional people were so open to uh, talking and, 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 you know, and being nice to everyone. It was such a wonderful experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and, the, you know, even though there were, it seemed crowded, but it was never as crowded as, say, uh, 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 you know, a uh, San Diego convention. Yeah, well, that's, that, that got crazy. You know, it, it was reasonable in the 90s, you know, then this century, forget it, you know. And so that's part of the reason I stopped going. Of course, the last couple of years, it's a pandemic and been closed, but that's... I know, it's <laughs> awful. I haven't gone since 2013, so... One of my, one of the Pittsburgh convent, Pittsburgh comic book uh, people that did the, uh, that edited our magazine, Pittsburgh mm-hmm. Comics Club, um, he became, uh, he works for the San Diego Convention as doing their uh, program book. Oh, okay. Gary Saisman. Gary Saisman. Oh, okay. I've heard of him. Yeah. I wouldn't have yeah, come uh, up with that name. <laughs> yeah, he's an awesome guy and he was so talented. So talented. And and he's he's a little shy, but he you gotta work on talking to him. He's such a wonderful guy though. Yeah. Um, Mentioning all those conventions in New York, um, I have a friend, uh, you may know him, you may not, but uh, he did work for Harvey briefly, but not till a long time later. Jerry Beck, he's an animation historian. But he went to yes. all those, yeah, he went to all those same conventions. I don't know if you bumped into him or knew him then. Or Probably. Him. We might yeah. have watched a late movie in the, in the, uh, sh- we may have stayed up all night watching all those movies. Because <laughs> when I interviewed him on this very podcast, yeah, he was talking about, yeah, I went to the 72 EC convention, I went to the Phil Suling shows, I went to the Warren shows, you know, it's like, wow, you know, because here I'm and on we the- met, We definitely ran into each other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I worked on the Marvel conventions also. And oh, I when were, when were those? When were those? Uh, 75. Oh, okay. 70. Yeah, I guess I can't yeah. remember that. I didn't go to them, but yeah. <laughs> I did one of their, I worked on one of their um, 
program books. Oh, okay. Yes, for that. So when anyway, you got the job at Marvel and Warren at the same time, how did you do that? I mean, did you have, I guess you didn't have to keep like banker's hours, right? You could work any schedule no. you want or. Eventually, I, I, some reason I kept it. I didn't tell Warren that I was working at Marvel and I didn't tell Marvel I was working at Warren, <laughs> which I think I should have as, <laughs> as a mature adult. I see that, I see that there would have been a benefit to that, you know, and on, you know, keeping it honest and on the table, so to speak. But I was, you know, a little apprehensive about, you know, letting all that out at the mm. time because I didn't have the experience, mm. you know, that's what you need. That's why we live so we can get the experience and understand, <laughs> you know, we live and we grow, so to speak. So, so you did one of those Fred Flintstone type things? I mean, you checked in at nine o'clock and then you ran over to Warren and then you worked at your well, desk for a little bit. Yeah, then you ran so back to Marvel and worked at your desk. I mean, so, how do you yeah. work both at the same time? <laughs> yes. It was fun. It was fun. They were hectic. I worked in the bullpen and then they moved me uh, to the British department when they said that I could come on full time. So oh, okay. I had to tell Warren that I, I already got a full time job. Oh, okay. And Marvel gave benefits, you know, like health insurance and things like that. Mm -hmm. So that was nice. Now, when well, you it got was a, a real job. <laughs> <laughs> so Warren, you never did any artwork. It was just like paste up stuff. When paste you up. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Bill Dupay. He didn't know me from Adam, really. <laughs> he gave me like, like a load of these huge sheets of art. <laughs> and he said, take these home and cut these balloons out and paste them up on the artwork. <laughs> wow. <laughs> really? So, so I took them home and I, they, they had a waxing machine. So yeah. I, oh, we, I waxed all the sheets mm -hmm. before I cut out the art, uh, the balloons. Yeah. So then I pressed them down on the, on the artwork. Mm. I could have taken them home than the Pittsburgh. <laughs> Wow. But I didn't because, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's just something, you know, I was, uh, you know, it's something I, one of the things I learned early was not to take things that don't belong to you. Yeah. So that, yeah. that was good to know. Anyway, it was so amazing anyway, just to see all that. And I, and the artwork was so beautiful and it was big. It was huge mm. and it was black and white. One of my favorite artists was named was Summers, and I enjoyed working on uh, putting up uh, balloons on his work. Wow, you're really bringing back memories. Now, uh, now I want to ask this. You know, you said uh, that uh, Wrightson was there getting his. It was a was it a cover painting? Was it supposed to be a cover painting? I, it was. I don't ever remember seeing that painting after that day. Okay, so but I mean, <laughs> you said that the art was normally larger. Was how big were the paintings? Even? Oh my god! Oh. I, you want to talk about about uh, Warren? It was amazing walking into the into the hallway of Warren Publishing because hmm. every inch of all the wall space <laughs> was had a huge painting by Frank Frazetta. Oh, Nothing geez. but Frank Frazetta. Wherever you went, whatever wow. you looked at, was all Frazetta. <laughs> No, I see yeah. you met Jim Warren himself. I mean, you didn't just uh, talk to DeBay, or what did you basically Oh, I did talk to, talk to Jim one day. Okay. I made the mistake. <laughs> I made the mistake of sitting down 
before he told me to. Oh, and I don't think he really liked that. <laughs> he's still with yeah. us, actually. I, you know, I think he's like 93 now or something like that, you know. Yeah, but the thing is, like I said, when you're young, you're not always that bright. No, <laughs> I'll agree. I'm not saying that also, I was any one smarter. One of the great things, yeah. Bill Dubay one day said, said showed me around in the they have a, a a little room they called captain's company mm, oh, and yeah. it was metal shelving all wall to wall all the way around the room mm-hmm. and he said you can go in and pick out three or four items anything you want wow <laughs> so i got i got the uh vampirella posters and the cousin eerie and creepy posters and i got the membership card i got a uh, a membership card for Vampirella was like zero zero three. Wow! Like you get the famous monsters underwear. <laughs> I also got a, I got a, a Corbin print of Cousin Erie. Erie, yeah, yeah. That was never. They never did anything with it. Hmm. So, but they they printed it up, and I found I mean, out their, later. Their that main that stuff, a, I guess, when you were there, you were there in '74. They're doing famous monsters, Vampirella, creepy Erie. And spirit that was the yes. main ones at that time. So, and uh, so, did you work on all the different books, or were you not there long enough to? to... Well, well, I worked on whatever you know, paste ups. Basically, is what I did. Yeah. that was it. Did you ever um, do art art corrections or anything, or just the paste? No, I did or... art corrections over at, at Marvel. Okay. They would let me do art corrections, and and I they taught me how to letter up at Marvel, and. Um, I did a lot of lettering corrections and art corrections up there. And I, I you know, I, I, I honed my skill on that, on a real type of production like that, because it helped me later when I worked at DC, I did a lot of art and lettering corrections. Also, when I worked at the British department in Marvel, I would do a lot of paste ups for the covers, which prepared me for my job at DC. When I worked there, I did all, I worked with um, Bob LaRose, who was the head of the cover, putting the cover department together. And um, we put together quite a few covers in a day. <laughs> now, when you're um, at Warren, did you get any art assignment at all or no? Because I know like oh, at no, Marvel no. and DC, you no, did. No, I, yeah. no, they, they didn't. I didn't. I, I might have showed them what I could do. And that's probably why they told me not. They didn't ask me <laughs> to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> So what was what was your first published piece? That was a Marvel then, I guess. Yes, I uh, British department. Oh, let's see. You have it. <laughs> okay, I brought. I have some samples. All right. <laughs> that was a good segue. All right. It's good to see some. Way to go there, Mark. Hey. <laughs> this is something I did with uh, Joe Giella. He oh, wow. this, mm-hmm. which later on he became one of my uh, permanent inkers up at DC. Hmm. And um, this was for the Pittsburgh Comics Club. Oh. We did this in 76. Mm-hmm. It was published in one of their um, uh, magazines or uh, club magazines. And I, I really loved Green Lantern. Green Lantern was one of my, hmm. was my favorite. Can you yeah, get the say, whole Move picture it over a little bit. There you go. Yeah, because everybody's going to say, I want to see the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. So... And I put that I put down the thing here in black as day and black as night. I lettered that. <laughs> okay, that's what I was gonna ask. Did you letter it and everything? So okay. Yeah. All right. And what uh, else do you got? <laughs> this is one of my first covers I did. Oh it's wow. Inked, okay. 
Spider-Man and the Punisher. Huh. It's inked by Mike Esposito and Frank Giacoya. Hmm. Now, did those <laughs> issues did those issues have unique stories, or were they just U.S. reprints? No, these were all reprints. Okay, in black and white. Okay. Oh, and um, I learned how to do all the zipper toning when I was working up in the British department. Overweight. It was a cheap way to uh, tone a page, it was, <laughs> and a lot quicker than uh, using. Um, dyes and inks and things like that because all you needed was a sheet of a zipatone and a and an and a blade to cut mm-hmm. it yeah and so Mark, how many how many tiles did they have i know they had a captain Britain they had title, them all you know and uh, um i think later you know and we'll talk about crazy magazine but they did a british version i think it was called frenzy instead you know which is really bizarre or frantic well, they that's, had what, their titles, that's what it's called we did this we did this weekly when I worked in the British department. I I produce about eight books a week, huh. and that was you know like. Are those in I, color I, or are they black and white? They were all black and white. Oh, okay. Because right. I've and seen I them before, to, but not in a while. So <laughs> I had to uh, paste them up on a board and do all the lettering corrections, and there were a lot because we had to change like color. We had to put a U in color. Right. <laughs> and we had to change elevator to lift. Oh, wow. Even that. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> they were really into uh, making sure we could make it as British as possible. Right. <laughs> anyway, put, put... And this is also, they, they split the stories in half. So they needed a new splash page every other week. Oh, wow. So who drew this, those? I did this. And, oh, you uh, did Mike those. Esposito, okay, I get it. Okay. Mike Esposito inked this. I did this to make it look like um, Ross Andrew. Huh. I love whose work I was, in fact, I really loved his work, especially right after he um, did a Spider-Man Superman. His work really improved like a million times. So did anything like this ever get compiled in like any of those Marvel Milestone books, or they're just kind of lost well, if you don't have the original British edition? The story you're... is that uh, I did a lot of work for the, on the, uh, you know, we were working on Star Wars before the movie came out. Right. So we knew uh, a lot about the movie before it came out. And I was, I was right there when that was happening. And um, we were reprinting a comic book in Britain. And uh, they needed new covers. Every other book needed a new cover. So I got to do, I got to pencil a lot of those covers, which was nice. Okay. And, um, but they came out with an omnibus. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, like five years ago, and I didn't know about it. And it had all my work in it, and no credit, and no, and no, uh, what do they call when you get money? No ro- royalties, no. No royalties. Wow. <laughs> and I didn't even know about it. Boy, I was just a little, a little upset about that. Yeah. Because, yeah. because over the decades, over the decades, I've been talking to people in Britain, Britain people, the people, people over in Britain would, constantly asking me who did this and who did that and i was telling them who who and where and how all this stuff was done and the one of the people that i you know i was talking one of the major people was was a a consultant on this book Mm -hmm. and and none of the information i gave him was in the book it was uh, it was sort of um, disappointing wow (sighs) okay also this is one of the first pages I did. This is a uh, for um, after Star Wars. They Here came out with this. Oh, okay. 
Is that uh, Battlestar Galactica? Battlestar Galactica. Oh, okay, okay, because it looks like I did a center spread uh, for Lauren the Green there. <laughs> okay, this is the center spread. Oh, okay. And I showed it to Marie Severn, and she looked at it and said, "How did you color this?" And I said, "Well, Pantone has these. It's like a Zipatone. It has hmm. these color sheets. All you do is lay it down and cut it out, and the oh, colors." Wow. Yeah, so that was pretty cool. And all the rest in here. Even I didn't know that because, I mean, I worked on newspapers in the early 80s, and we were doing half the things you said, you know, waxers and zipatone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but I mean, I don't remember having color like that. Uh, We would have to use that orange orange plastic stuff that you had to cut into a certain shape and, you know, for the separations and all that stuff. Big drag. (laughs) <laughs> well, the interior color is all uh, Dr. Martin dyes, mm-hmm. but this yellow and the blue, mm-hmm. the blue around here is from Pantone. Okay. And, oh, here's some stuff. <laughs> here, I thought this would be more relevant because the movie just came out again, the new version. This is a, I did a oh, Ghostbusters, yeah. Ghostbusters magazine. That was that was for um, First Publishing, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. but yeah. this was not published by First. Oh, where was that published? I, it was a magazine from uh, that was just devoted to uh, Ghostbusters. Hmm. Okay, I never saw that. <laughs> and because of that, I got to do some work for First Magazine mm-hmm. first on their Ghostbusters. Wow. <laughs> and I believe I'm the only artist that got to draw both the Ghostbusters and the real Ghostbusters. Oh, yeah, the other one. The real is, Ghostbusters uh, Tracy, and the, the one with the ape. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the filmation. Filmation ones, yeah. <laughs> I, did, I did seven issues of uh, the Filmation comic book. I was going to ask you about that. I didn't know you did both. I knew, I actually knew you did the Filmation one. I wasn't sure you did the other one. <laughs> I did, so, I did. Uh, but they only published six issues of this. Uh, so I have a, a, a complete issue here that's never been published. Ooh. Hmm. Hey, everybody, there's a new movie that just came out. Maybe they could reprint it in some omnibus and give Howard a little work here. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> um, okay. Let's see. So, did I... you do, I know you did something, and I might be jumping the gun, but I'll say, yeah, I know you did something for Crazy Magazine, but what did you do anything else for U.S. Marvel? I mean, eventually you oh, must yeah. have done something, you know, I did, uh, being I in did the office. licensing stuff for them. Oh, okay. I did. We'll show, I'll show you later. I did uh, Silverhawks. Oh, okay. Which was a lot of fun because when I got this, I got the uh, assignment. Mm-hmm. Burger King was doing a giveaway on toy figures of the of the uh, of the uh, uh, action figures, like, mm-hmm. which was fun because I would go I would go over to Burger King and buy all the action figures for like a buck a piece. <laughs> and set them up, set them up on my uh, d- desk, on my drawing board. Wow. <laughs> which, um, which was very helpful. And uh, it was a great job. And Joe Sinnott inked the cover. I got to draw the cover also on that. And I did some work for, um, um, what was that, Spider, Spider-Ham? Yeah. But I didn't draw Spider-Ham. I did a, a backup. I was... I was up at Marvel, you know, just hanging out because I was hoping to get some work. So I was walking down the hallway and uh, Larry Hama 
sticks his head out of his office and says, hey, come in here. I got something for you. <laughs> and he, he gave me this assignment. It was uh, a, a takeoff on the Submariner where he's uh, he sells things on on the street. I think I remember that. <laughs> under yeah. the water. Yeah, I remember but, that because I used to read but the it's under the water. I read a lot of those star comics. So it's like, yeah. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I got to, uh, I did uh, New Kids on the Block also. Oh, yeah. But that was over at Harvey, so, you know. No, so. yeah, that was at Harvey, but it was, uh, was it after Star or during Star? It was after Star because, I mean, yeah. the, chron- the chronology is original Harvey kind of, you know, pulled it up. Uh, and so everybody went over to Marvel. They started Star. And then when that was kind of starting to wind down, Sid and everybody left and went to the new Harvey that was owned by that Jeff was Montgomery. on the West Coast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so. got an assignment from him on uh, when he was out on the West Coast. Oh, I got to do. Uh, oh, they packaged it with. Can, do you remember videotape? <laughs> VCS. Yes. yes. <laughs> I did a I did a comic book that oh. was like this big that fit in the box with the VCR tape Ooh. for uh, Johnny Quest. Oh. And it was one of the one of my favorite episodes. It was uh, Turu, the uh, the giant uh, pterodactyl. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that was a lot of fun too. Keith Pollard uh, did the cover, and he did the other uh, adaptations. I think there were six or eight of them, and he, he did at least. Uh, I did once, and I think he did the other ones. Hmm. So Keith, is, Keith and I, you know, we all hung out together when we were up in Marvel. We would go out and do things. And, so, the, uh, so the years you were at Marvel was roughly like 74 to 80. Is that like? Something like roughly, that, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, did you work exclusively with them once you left Warren too, or did you have other no, outside I, I, jobs? I was, the British, they, they were moving the British department to England. Yeah. And Marvel, I didn't know at the time, was planning on moving their offices downtown. Oh, okay. Uh, this is the time when the a transition part. So I knew that I was going to be out of work. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I didn't know if I was going to continue to get work from Marvel, but I wanted to, uh, you know, at least have something to do. Mm-hmm. So uh, I went up to Harvey and they took me in. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got a job. I got a five page story from them every week. Mm-hmm. And. Every week I would draw the story and I would come in to the offices and um, Warren Kramer would review what I did, all hmm. five pages. And he'd go over and, and show me how to make Richie cross a bridge. So it was different. It was, it was so much different storytelling. It had to be so direct and so simple. <laughs> that they could understand it. And I really, really respected that because, mm-hmm. you know, they weren't looking for, for panels that were all different shapes or anything like that. They wanted the six panel grid or the four panel grid or something like that. Right. They really weren't into that. It was always so, five pages unless there right. was a, even if it continued, it might be five, 10 or 15, but it was always right. five page right. to they, be they continued. <laughs> and the, they eat the writer would would also draw the script mm-hmm. because it was a visual, a very visual thing. It was like a, a you know, you want to make sure you get the pratfalls in, 
yeah. and all the all the physical jokes that were going on. The the, the writer wanted to make sure that, and the, most of the writing that I I worked with was with the uh, gentleman, Lenny Lenny Herman. Lenny Herman, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was, was the one. He, he was the one that tended to do more humorous stuff. Yes, and, he was a uh, freaking genius. I tell you yeah. that. It's, but he also, had, from what I know about, I've never met him. But from what I know about him, he had like a very salty sense of humor. And but he also liked puns and gags and stuff like yeah. that. And, well, uh, did really loved loved puns. He really yeah, loved those yeah. things. And so, I, I I enjoyed them myself. So you know, we got along pretty well that way. So you just mainly did Richie Rich or uh, just Richie whatever Rich, titles. I, I or... did a Jackie Jackie Jokers. Um, uh, Dollar the dog, okay. and I also got the oh, well, there was a robot involved. Oh, Irona the robot. Yeah, hey. I know it was her, but it was another different robot. Oh, he was a villain or some kind. I think he appeared in another issue. Oh, there's there's <laughs> a guy with a, a light bulb. bulb. The guy with a light bulb on his head, Doctor NRG. No, no. <laughs> it was so funny that mm. I, this happened. I noticed that this character had appeared before, mm -hmm. so. I wrote it inside. I wrote a little caption down at the bottom of the panel saying, as appeared from this issue of Richie Rich. So I brought it in. <laughs> Sid looked at it and said, we don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> we don't do that. That's Marvel said, stuff. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> well, anyway, Lenny would look... Um, uh, Warren would look over my work all the time and yeah. and he would show me what to do and said, you missed a boat here. You could have made it funnier. Mm. And then he'd make me draw that panel to make mm. it funnier. And I would sit down and at the office and redraw it while, you know, everybody else was doing their own work. Now, in those days, did you just come in sporadically or did you come no, in once every a day? Week. Okay. Once okay. a week. I tried to come in once a week. That way I got a story and I left. That way okay. I had some money All right. to pay the rent because, that week. As you know, me being the Harvey guy, I've interviewed everyone I could possibly interview, and so everybody has a different story. You know? So the people that were like your contemporaries, well, you mentioned uh, Warren Kramer, but of course Ernie Cologne was there, and uh, yes. Paul Marangeli was there in the production department with Ken Selig, and uh, uh, who am I forgetting? Uh, Angelo DeCessory, he did. Angelo. There was an older know, gentleman there. Um in production, it was very, very nice to me. That was probably That's Ken Selig. Yeah. Um, and then he, Ken Selig later worked for Archie. I don't know if he worked Wasn't he him. the anchor? Didn't he ink stuff? Uh, he did do some inking later on. Yeah. Yeah. He would do like a little bit of everything. So, yeah. I and, think that was the man. That's the, uh, what we were talking earlier before we turned on the thing. And I think that's the man that I was talking about. Oh, Ken Selig? Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, he had a he had a long career. He never really did stories for Harvey or Archie. Well, I think he did some later, but he mainly did like inking and things like that in production and stuff yeah, like that. He, he did, was noted as an inker. When yeah. I looked him up on uh, on uh, the internet, they mentioned him more as an inker than anything else. Yeah, he did do he cover. Was, he did do covers for Harvey after the original people all left. Right. Um, because right. Warren Kramer wasn't there anymore, so they had to have somebody do it, and he could do a pretty good Kramer. <laughs> so if that was the gentleman you're talking I'm, I'm thinking about uh, the guy was incredibly nice and such a sweet yeah. sweet man well also, he, he, um, he and uh lenny herman both smoke big cigars so does that ring a bell <laughs> um that's, no may not uh, have been the same guy but okay 
anyway, um, Joe Simon was up there. Oh, yeah. All he the was, time. He was, he was a close friend. He was of... always wandering the hallway back and forth. And the first time I saw him, I thought, was well, he the janitor or something? Because he's always <laughs> up here. <laughs> and it was it was Joe Simon, the, the legendary Joe yeah. Simon, which is amazing. You know, just to show you how little I knew at the time. Well, I tell I was, people that, that Joe Simon worked for Harvey and they go, no, you know, because they think he was the creator of Captain America. You know, it's like he and Alfred Harvey were buddies. So it's like, right. Got, oh, my God. Yes, yeah. that's right. I, I read that in his bio, his bio. Yeah. So he, he did the digest. He created the Digest magazine for them back in the 40s, which went through the roof. Oh, yeah. Pocket yeah. comics. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. There you go. See? Uh, that's it. Um <laughs> Trying to see if there's a picture in here. Uh, I have a lot of pictures in my book. Well, I do have this. Let me show you this. I'm not going to hold up every picture. But as far as covers go, and I wanted to ask you about this, you did a comic reader cover. I did. That's what's and that one actually has your signature. It's hard to tell, but it's it does say Bender in the corner. So <laughs> how did that, that one? That was come one about? of the last things. Last things I did before uh, moving on from Harvey. That was one of the last things. And I, you like the uh, uh, the giant. What was his name? Oh, Stumbo, yeah. Stumbo, yeah. right. That was one yeah. of my favorite characters also. Yeah, which I my will life. show. I will show. See, I got your artwork here. And you gave me not one, but two. So uh, I ordered a Stumbo, a signed Stumbo that actually he put Richie and Casper as well. So I thank you well, for that. Well, I, I wanted <laughs> you to get your money's worth. <laughs> and then you... Went above and beyond the Call of Duty. Give this man a commission. He'll give you something else. He'll put it on a stumbo on the package. <laughs> oh, yeah. that I was pretty happy with that, actually. I like that. And I said, damn, it's like you should have put that on the paper. <laughs> you know, it's on yeah. cardboard, but I'm keeping it anyway. So, <laughs> Well, you know, a lot of our, I'm not the only one, but a lot of artists like to put a little extra on there when they send it out. And yeah. uh, I've I always liked it. doing that. When I was a, when I was a child, Mm-hmm. everyone in my family when we would get a, a christmas card or a birthday card or something everyone in my family would draw something on the envelope mm-hmm. just to make it more personal mm-hmm. so that i was i'm sort of carrying on a, a family tradition when that happened when i do that so where was harvey at that point was it still at columbus circle or did they moved yet oh, it was columbus circle was okay. a paramount building yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i got a story on that which, one too. which is now trump tower if you can believe it you know so <laughs> no trump tower some tower was down the street. Oh, okay. Oh, but he had a hotel. Very, he had, very he had close. Something. Very it was close. On the same yeah. street, but yeah. like 68th yeah. Street or something. Because I think he de- ended up buying that Gulf and Western Paramount building too. So it's possible. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. So, anyway. Long after long after Harvey was there, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to get into that. <laughs> anyway, at the time, seventy-five, yeah. the movie um, Rocky Horror Picture Show was very popular. Oh, yeah. And my wife and I had seen it about 40 times in different locations, but mostly down at the Waverly in Manhattan. So I'm walking into uh, the elevator to go up to Harvey Comics at the Paramount Building, and Susan Sarandon is having some kind of a, a, a tit-to-tete with some gentleman there, which I imagine was, <laughs> was her, uh, was her uh, uh, agent or something, because they were having some words. <laughs> and I'm and I'm, I'm I had I think I said I'm going I'm I'm, draw, I'm in the same I'm going up the elevator with uh, Susan Sarandon <laughs> or uh, 
what was the, the what was the girl's name in the movie? Oh, uh, Janet, the part she played. Yeah, Janet Weiss. I'm going up the elevator with Janet Weiss. <laughs> I, I really should not have said that, but I think I did. <laughs> no, that's you know, okay. wa- walking them around Manhattan, you see a lot of celebrities. It's just yeah, I'm thinking, you know. Yeah, you do. Uh, hmm. So, um, I don't. You said seventy-five. So, I'm just trying to think. I mean, you said an older gentleman. There was a person that preceded uh, Ken Selig, but I thought he was gone. His name is Otto Perfola. Does that name ring a bell? That might be it. That okay. might be it. But this was 70, 78. 78, yeah. Because I thought I thought Otto was gone by that point, and it was run by Ken. But there could have been another older person at the time, too. That, Of course, Leon was there, and you know Warren was there. But, you know, you know I wasn't there, so, you know, and, uh, yeah, so I have to get all this information from you i mean i mentioned beforehand and i could say it now before we got on the air here is you know sid jacobson and i had a little falling out and the main reason was you know he says you weren't there you don't know and i said i just go by what you tell me if you tell me uh, something i i take it as truth but i'll do it with other people too so somebody says something that contradicts what you say I'm just a reporter. I'm writing it down, you know, and there are well, conflicting stories, you know, over the well, years, unfortunately. Warren was not shy about saying how he created a Richie Rich. Yeah, yeah. And I do have interview. I never interviewed him, but I do have interviews with him, you know. So, oh, good. You know, that, uh, you know, say that in great detail and how he had arguments with Albert Harvey about it and stuff like that. So I don't you know. know if he did the, did the first few of appearances well, of well the very first one was drawn by steve mufati who was uh the guy who he goes way 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 back you're talking about older oh, yeah. people and he was working at fleischer doing betty boop and that type of stuff that, back uh, in the little 30s dot number one or something yeah yeah you know mm-hmm. so and you know that that's the thing about the richie rich thing it was just a backup feature it wasn't even important you know until oh my god it took over the world yeah until <laughs> Well, you know, he oh, did, you know, it, it's funny. You know, it's like he was a backup feature for seven years before he got his own title. Like you, th- you talk about like Hot Stuff or well, Stumbo had a few test runs and Harvey hits, but like Hot Stuff, he just started out with issue one. This is our new starring character, and you'd think Richie Rich would have started that way, but nope, no. no. <laughs> yeah, so, I think they made the right choice. What they moving, really doing more Richie Rich or? Yeah, what? by doing more Richie, yeah. Yeah. My favorite title was uh, Richie Rich with Casper. Oh, yeah. Written and drawn by, uh, I believe he he drew he wrote it by Warren Kramer. They were I really think, Well, he, I don't think he wrote it as much as, I think the one who wrote those was Stan Kay. That's the one he tended to partner with on, the, okay. on that. Yeah, so, um, of course, nobody gets credit. So this is from, like, the research and talking to Sid and Ernie and stuff like that over the years. So it's like, if I'm wrong, it's only again, what I've heard. <laughs> so, you know, but I, um, it makes sense. You know, uh, I, I don't think Lenny Herman worked, worked on Richie Rich and Casper because he tended to do like the Jackie Jokers type stuff, the sillier stuff, well, like the little I, TV I'm parodies. Very, I sure yeah. I'm pretty much remember working with him on Richie. Yeah. I, oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh. um, so I was up at the office, and I asked, uh, I asked Sid if I could, you know, get some comics, you know, to, to read or and to use for reference. So he walks, we walk out of the editorial room, 
down past the production room. And there in the hallway on the right-hand corner was a door. Mm -hmm. And he said, just open the door and take out what you want. So I opened the door and it was not, it was a very, it was like a closet, like a linen closet. <laughs> and I opened the door and I swear to you, the comic books almost fell out on me. <laughs> it's like Tennessee tuxedo. <laughs> and I picked up like Timmy, Tommy, Tim, Tommy time. Timmy time. Yeah. Yeah. Timmy time. And a lot of, I mean, they had some, you know, if you were a comic book collector, they had some pretty valuable books in there. Wow. Which you let, you know, and I, you said you could take whatever you want. So I took out that, I took out all the uh, Harvey titles that were relevant to what I wanted. And this was just in a closet in the offices? I've never heard this before. Wow. Yes, yeah, it's, it's true. It is. <laughs> I well, mean, I, I, the, the thing so, I always hear about is the, they call it the infamous Harvey Warehouse because Steve Jeppy eventually purchased it and all this stuff. Yes. Um, and my vision of it was probably more like what you said about Captain Company over at Warren, you know, because it sounds like Captain Company kept everything in nice little stacks and, you know, yes. you could find things. Well, right. not the not the Harvey Warehouse. It was just a big pile of crap. <laughs> yeah. And so... Um, well, it was like story. an Easter egg hunt. Yeah. There's a story that I did get in the, my book here. I think it's a Joe Simon story. He wanted the original art for Stuntman that he did, like... 20 years earlier or something like that. And they go, uh, hold on a minute. <laughs> and they had to dig for it because it wasn't like organized or categorized or anything. Right. And, and they finally found the stuff, but I mean, oh, and they have good. reprinted that stuff for uh, books about Joe Simon, but you know, had they not found it, it would have been just lost, you know, and they would have, I know. well, <laughs> well, Gippy would have resold, was sold it or something. Maybe you would have, yeah, sold maybe it. if he found it. Yeah. I, I don't, the thing yeah. about that is that, I never got any of my artwork back from Harvey, wow. so I don't have anything there. But I do have some stuff here. Let me let me dig out some stuff. <laughs> How much? Oh, I think we're almost done. And uh, well, I want I want to talk a little bit about DC because he worked there too, and then just what you're presently doing, and and then the okay. the plug. So that's that's the future okay, of the well, show. So <laughs> well, okay, I did. Uh, this was for a uh, who's who or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I bought all those. So you did the this covers. A, this was a, a center spread, or oh, something. center spread. Okay, yeah. But Two I remember spread those. Yeah. Yeah. Dial H for Hero. Oh yeah. And it's Robbie Reed and all his characters around him, mm -hmm. and um, Vicky and all her characters, and um, I forgot this guy's this kid's name, but <laughs> this was my favorite one. The little um, move it up, move it over a little bit to your left so you can see. This was my favorite. Oh yeah, I was I was really into Pac Man at the time. Oh okay, <laughs> and it, it reminded me of Pac Man. Yeah, yeah. Every time, every time I uh, my wife and I would go out, mm -hmm. I would find a Pac Man machine, and she would wonder where I was. But then mm -hmm. she would say, "Oh, let's see if they have a Pac Man machine here." <laughs> so. Uh, th was this the type of stuff you typically did at DC, or did you get stories there too, or what did you oh, do there? Well, I worked at, uh, I did Dial H for Hero. Oh, here, let me tell you, I have a little funny story here. Okay. <laughs> <Aye>. <laughs> here, here's some coloring. This original coloring 
for uh, some of the stories I did. No, I read those. I read Dial H for Hero. They have an adventure comics near the end of the run, so yeah. They were in Superboy. Oh, those were in Superboy? Okay. But I, yeah, I, I read everything, but I remember it also being okay. an adventure We would comics. get together. So. Bob, Bob Rizakis was my boss at the mm-hmm. DC Comics. He was head of production. Mm-hmm. And I was working in the production department. I did all, well, I did a lot of the covers there. And Bob LaRose and I did all the covers. Mm-hmm. And um, we would paste them up and do them together. And, uh, but we would, when it came to doing the uh, Dial H, we, we would come in and sit down in, um, in uh, Julia Schwartz's office. Julie, Nelson Bridwell, Rob, Bob, Robert Zakis and myself mm-hmm. would sit down and, you know, talk about what we want to do. I didn't do that much talking because I wasn't the writer. <laughs> Bob LaRose, I mean, uh, Bob Rizakis wrote the, uh, the story and he wrote this story here and it says, this is a villain. Mm-hmm. And it says, he's, he's wondering how come uh, they, the kids are finding him all the time. And he says, is there must be a neon sign here telling, that, telling everybody where I am. <laughs> so, I thought it would be really funny if I put a neon sign up here pointing to him. <laughs> it says super villain <laughs> right here. What does it say? Oh, it says super villain headquarters. But <laughs> it just says H I I N and then R S and then an arrow. <laughs> and then Months, months after the story Kate was printed, yeah. Bob Rizakis calls me into his office, opens up the comic and says, does that sign say what I think it says? And I said, yes. And he got so upset. <laughs> I'm sorry, Bob, but I thought it was funny. I, I think too. I think I remember that because that looks very familiar. I read that story at the time, and anyway, I just thought it was funny. This got me in trouble. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that was that. We had oh, some well. fun, though. We had some yeah. fun. So, how, how did DC compare oh, to Marvel? How did DC compare to Marvel? This is what Marvel? I would do. Oh, okay, go ahead. These are uh, thumbnails for the stories. Uh huh. These are thumbnails for the stories, and I would break them down in the panels and make sure I didn't have the same panel, uh, you know, the way they would be, uh, you know, in each page. I'd make them look, each page look different. Right. And I would draw how many pe- people I'm going to have in it, and I'd have the action and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then this is, the si- this is the same size as the comic book. Mm-hmm. And I was doing this, and a lot of artists at the time were also doing this too, like Gil Kane was one of the, uh, Gil was, you know, Gil was fun. He would come in the offices and we would, you know, we would have some fun talking about stuff with his snap. Because <laughs> he was, you know, he and Julie got, will go way back, way, yeah. way back. <laughs> anyway, this is the one with the doll and yeah. the little ball guy that I was telling you earlier. This is him with the antennas. And so I, I'd lay out the story like this. Mm-hmm. So I knew what each panel is going to look like and things like that. And then I would 
photocopy them and enlarge it to the size of, a, of the art page. Hmm. And I would, uh, you know, draw over it. Hmm. It was pretty time consuming, but it really helped me understand how to, how to make the story go. That's cool. <laughs> Here is, uh, well, here's another story. This is, this is the one with the last, this is like near the end of the run where they have the, uh, the wizard character move it, coming. Move it to your left a little bit. Just, there we go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's like the, the little wizard guy that, mm -hmm. that was uh, making everything happen. And he was like an, involved with the, uh, the dial somehow. Hmm. Anyway, that was fun. Mm -hmm. So how did DC and Marvel compare as far as places to work? Well, DC gave me more work. I got the pencil and things like that. Plus, I got to do covers. It was yeah. fun. Um, I worked with Bob Wurl. So he had some really heavy hitters working in the department. Um, uh, one of them was, did uh, Zot. Remember Zot? Oh, yeah, I remember Zot. Yeah. He, uh, he, he was working in production right next to me. Hmm. And um, Todd, Todd Klein was there. He pretty much ran the – he ran – See, Bob was in his office all the time, so Todd was out in the open with us. So, yeah. you know, he was, like, overseeing everything that went on, make sure that we were all being good and doing what we were supposed to be doing, so to speak. So and it was all – it was like a little family, actually. Now, you well, mentioned something before we went on, and this is, of course, near and dear to my heart. Uh, you did a Richie Rich parody for Crazy Magazine. You said you had the original art there. And I do. Of course, I do, it's I my do. two loves. But Humor right Magazine. I have this I wanted to show you. Humor Magazines and Richie Rich. You know, oh, Beethoven. That's uh, that's Star Comics stuff from Marvel. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> this was uh, for Harvey right after Star. Oh, yeah, that's Which, right. It did end it up at Harvey. Me up. That, that was at Harvey. That's right. Yeah. It called me up and said he had this book. It was based on a movie. And I... Since I had kids, I saw the movie. Yeah. <laughs> we had young kids at the time. Right. So this is... Uh, I have that issue, but then I have all the... This is a pretty <laughs> rough of what I wanted to do. And then this I refined it a bit here. Oh, very cool. And then this is all laid out. Okay. So you did work for Harvey twice. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. In and out. Yeah. Back yeah. and forth, so to speak. Like I said, uh, they were... Sid, Sid was, you know, thought of me every once in a while, which was very nice of him. He didn't yeah. have to. Yeah. But a Angelo DeCessory, he, I, I interviewed him. He said the same thing. He said, I had, I had worked for Sid for years, and then he just called him back. He says, hey, you know, it's like, okay, I'll work for you again. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> so, right. Right. So he liked that who way, he liked to work with. Yeah. Yeah. Sid, Sid knew what he was doing in that way. Okay. Now, when I... After I, I, was, I wasn't really working for Harvey at the time when I did this for Marvel, but I was doing oh. this for Marvel. Yeah. And um, here is the... Uh, Yay, Richie Rich. <laughs> so. I, I think I, I had the man's name at the, on the tip of my tongue when, who wrote this, but I forgot it now. You'll have to look it up. He uh, became an editor uh, up at Marvel after uh, 
Yeah, I'm not sure who wrote that one. I know, I know in the early 70s when Crazy started, they did a cast for parody. And that one was written by Marv Wolfman. And, right, and it was drawn by uh, um, Marie Severin. That was Marie Severin. And so this, the one you did, was in response to that when Larry Hama reprinted the cast for one. They said, we right. want more Harvey parody, <laughs> which is very odd. I, it, but I was eating it up. Yeah. And this was a takeoff on uh, uh, the news of the day. Yeah. Uh, I forgot her name too, but you'll you'll know it. It was like the um, Patty Hearst thing, wasn't it? That was Patty Hearst. Yes, yeah. this yeah. is Patty Hearst. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah, Patty <laughs> <Hurst>. <laughs> no, it, it, it's very very non PC portraits. He would never do this. No, <laughs> he's, he's hitting a baby seal with a solid gold. Diamond encrusted <laughs> baseball bat. So that came out uh, when I was about twelve or thirteen years old. I loved it. I thought it was the funniest oh, really? thing I'd ever seen. <laughs> you know, because I, I bought humor magazines ever since I was seven, but like I loved it when they got, you know, a little bit further out, like more than you're supposed to. I mean, nowadays you could never do that, and Marvel would probably disown the story. Well, you, know? <laughs> you want to hear something about uh, about Harvey? Hmm. Don't tell anyone. Okay. Don't tell them. This is just between you and me. Okay. <laughs> Hanging up in the offices where uh, Sid and uh, and uh, Warren and everybody, you know, the editors, the big guys that did all the, you know, that did the creative work, so to speak. There was a, a tracing paper hanging up on the wall on the bulletin board of Richie Rich with his phallus sticking out. <laughs> and it was... And there was a puddle. Everything, everything was in pencil except the puddle was colored yellow, and it was like a puddle of urine that, in the shape of a dollar sign. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like gold, golden urine, so to speak. <laughs> anyway, you know who drew that? Of course, that was Warren, uh, Warren Kramer. Yeah, yeah. He, so, would, he would draw little things. I've heard of different things like that, not just from you, but from other people. You know, probably Angelo, probably Paul Marangeli, you know, they, they'd say, yeah, there's uh, drawings we could never put in the comics in there, <laughs> you know, no. hanging on the walls, you know. <laughs> you know, the thing is that it wasn't until so many years later that I really got to know uh, uh, Warren Kramer's work because he did so much more than just Richie Rich for Harvey and everything. He did, uh, he did so much. Like uh, he did covers. I don't know if he did Dick Tracy or whatever. You did all those covers in the. He 50s. didn't do the Dick Tracy ones. It was that that was actually Joe Simon that would actually do the Dick Tracy covers way back when. Um, but he did all the uh, Warren Kramer would do all the Joe Palooka covers and Humphrey right. and okay. Little Max and all that stuff. And he did Blondie and Dagwood and Mutt and Jeff. And so he had right. the ability to imitate other styles pretty easily. And he did the horror comics in the fifties. Right. But Lee Elias tended to take. Warren's rough sketches and do the final, you know, versions of it. So they're kind of co-creations, you know. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought he drew those horror books himself, which, which yeah. made me gave me so. He which, did do some stories and he did some solo covers, yes. But Lee Elias kind of redrew some of them, or at least his name got slapped on the cover. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Anyway, a lot of props to him on that. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, yeah, that's very cool. Is that, so oh. you have the whole story there? Is that like, No, I don't have the whole story. We get, you know, the anchor gets some pages, too. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> so Marie got some. Oh, some okay. Of the pages. Okay. And uh, there, was a, there was a while back that I actually did see the complete Casper story, and I held it in my hands and everything. And I did want to purchase it, but it, it was out of my reach, and I never got it. Now another collector has it, so, oh, well. But... At least I got to touch the original art on that. So well, that's actually you know, sm- that's actually smaller than I expected. It seems like it should be bigger, but maybe it just doesn't have much of a this border. This is standard size for the pages now. Okay, our original art of doing this. You huh. know, uh, it wasn't until like the early seventies that around the early seventies uh, that they changed the uh, twice up to, okay. to this size. Okay. And here's something I did for ah. my wife at the time that's when cool. I was working at Harvey. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's uh, something I did for Marvel. These are the uh, Silverhawks. Oh, yeah, yeah. You mentioned that. Those are the little giveaway comics that they had. At the, like, no, no, no. This was a real story. That was the real story. Okay, because oh, I know that I have real. a little small one that's like yeah, they probably a giveaway. Do, that this they... was a real title, ongoing title. Oh, okay, okay. A licensed title they were doing. I did a lot, a ton of, uh, of licensing character, licensed characters when I was coming up. Because, you know, I never, and that's why I could never really find my style, so to speak. Right. <laughs> it's like. Well, well, in a certain respect, you're kind of like Warren because, yeah, you're just, uh, you know, doing everyone else's characters, as it were, like he did for right. quite a long time, you know. So. Also, one of the things I really loved doing was uh, they had a club, the Honeymooners. They had a, uh, I did this book for, oh, um, yeah. for uh, Putnam. Oh, okay. It was written by one of the uh, the founders of the Ralph Association, oh, okay. Royal Association of the of the Honeymooners Royal or something, the Honeymooners Fan Club. Yeah, it was out in Brook, uh, out in Long Island, Long mm-hmm. Island. And Very cool. I did I did all the illustrations for the uh, Illustrated Trivia Honeymooner book or something. I remember that book. <laughs> illustrated Trivia book. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that book. Yeah. And uh, then. I got to do a comic book story. What is that? Okay. Uh, more honeymooners? What, what is it? Oh. Yep, this is oh, okay. Honeymooner. Yeah, I couldn't tell. This is lettered by uh, Fred F- uh, Kent Fedonowitz to the lettering because we now, uh, live pretty close to each other in Tom's River. Mo- most of these stories you're holding up, you 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 just did the penciling, right? No, I did the inking on. This. Oh, you did the inking too on that. Okay. These are my. I I did the inking on all this. Oh. Okay. I, uh, early, very early stuff. I would just. I would just let uh, someone who knew more about doing what they did <laughs> take care of it. Right. But you know, eventually, I, I decided that it was time that I, I, uh, you know, at least learned how to draw, how to ink. Right. So, uh, and you and, know, and, uh, felt and, tip pens, felt tip pens came pretty came came in came in just in time for me to to, to start inking because <laughs> 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 I could never. I, I, because I would see Frank Giacoya and, and Mike Esposito, they're there grinding their pen points. Oh, yeah. The and I would, gr- <laughs> I would grind my pen point, and then it would just break right off. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it, was not a, it was not a good thing for me. Inking and brush or, or, you know, with a pen. I mean, not with a pen, but with a quill and uh, with a brush or like a very... Oh my God! That art, is, a, you know, that I, is I, an art in itself, yeah, definitely. Yeah. 
And it, 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 I don't think nowadays with the computer, I don't know if they know how to even use that kind of stuff anymore. Yeah. You know, it's during the, the whole time on all of these stories, did you write any of your stories or did you just do the artwork? I did the writing on the Billy and Pop stuff that I oh, did okay. here in the, what is it, the Comics Buyer's Guide? Oh, okay, I remember those, yeah. Yeah, okay. I did that writing. And then when I, I got so loaded down with with work i asked a friend of mine to help me write it first uh, jack c harris who helped me write a few of them mm -hmm. he was a member of the pittsburgh comics club early <laughs> he was one of our earliest um, non-pittsburgher <laughs> members because he lived out near philly williamsburgers now, now where are you now are you and we're in pittsburgh here in oh so you are in pittsburgh so when did you we moved back we in, moved back we spent roughly when when I mean, in the uh, 80s? 2016. Or? Oh, okay. We moved back here. Oh, very cool. And uh, I grew up in uh, Highland Park, East Liberty Highland Park, and my wife grew up in Mount Lebanon. Hmm. And we're living in one of those two places. Wow. <laughs> you want to guess where? <laughs> Go ahead. Mount Lebanon. We're living in Mount Lebanon. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so um, when did you... I mean, do you still, I mean, you obviously do commissions because I have, I'm, I can attest to that and you put your business card and everything here. But um, when did you kind of leave the industry or do you still do projects now? Well, I didn't leave the industry. The yeah. industry uh, you. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard decided, that. decided uh, you know, that it didn't need me as much as it used to. Yeah. So okay. I, I, I said, well, you know, I, I got to find work. That, that I can do myself, drum up myself without having to depend on an editor. Because I was doing a lot of work for, uh, for uh, newspapers and magazines and, and book, book publishing. Yeah. And every time I'd get in really, really good with an editor, mm -hmm. uh, I called them up the next week, then they went somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was hard to, uh, you know, the, it, it was very transient. Hmm. That, that, that type of the industry was very transient. So I said, what, how can I make something that's going to be stable and I don't have to depend on an editor who, uh, who may or may not like my work, so to speak. Hmm. So I decided I'd be a, a character artist because hmm. when growing up, the Pittsburgh Comics Club, well, growing up as a small child, the, the Pittsburgh uh, Post-Gazette had a Sunday section and it, had a TV section. It was drawn by John Johns, mm. and he did these beautiful caricatures of uh, all these celebrities. And they were the magazine was like you know magazine side. It wasn't like a TV guide size. That mm. was big, mm. and it was always in full color. And he was amazing. And then he he was a Pittsburgher, but he also taught caricatures how to draw caricatures at the Art Institute in Pittsburgh. Remember I mentioned that earlier. Mm -hmm. See, I went to the Ivy School of Professional Art. For one reason, hmm. it had the word professional in the title. <laughs> and I wanted to be a professional. <laughs> That's the best way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, John Johns, also our, uh, our Pittsburgh Comics Club, our leader, Ben Pondexter, would ask, constantly would ask uh, John Johns to show up at all our events. Mm -hmm. So I would. I would every time he come on, he would not just draw people while he was while he was drawing. He would tell 
how and why he was why he was doing things and he would give a little lesson each time so mm-hmm. i would i picked up that kind of stuff and i thought and john john said you know you can always learn to be a character artist you'll always have work and that's something i remembered so i decided i you know i'd get into that and i draw nothing like john johns <laughs> the guy is a, a master at what he did and um but I do do some nice stuff. I think. I think mm-hmm. I, I do. I, I do what I can. Every I have a, a a motto. Every time you put a line down on the paper, you have to learn something from it, and get better each time you put and get better with the next line you put down. Mm-hmm. I, I try to. I, that's what my motto is. Try to be. Cool. So you were going to show something? Huh? No, oh, I'm just. Here. I'm looking at your uh, caricature. Uh, uh, flyer and everything. I still have here's it on the back, but, that, but you can show. I did recently. Yeah. And it was for the these people that went to Pitt University, <laughs> and they took this paint, this this drawing that I did, mm. and they they put it on a beach towel. Mm. <laughs> and uh, the same people also wanted this caricature of uh, this these people and you know being being nice to each other, sort of like in a loving pose, so That's to speak. Really cool. I should have mm-hmm. had you do a caricature with the Stumbo and Richie and yes, no, it's no big deal. <laughs> I would have, hey, if you wanted me to draw you, I would have done that. But you didn't <laughs> I didn't even score. think about it. I didn't think about what you well, currently are doing. Next, that could <laughs> be your next thing. Yeah, that'll be the next one. I'll have to do another one. Um, so, yeah, that's the one I, I was looking at. That was what I was looking at, but you can hold it up since, uh, yeah. So, what I do. Oh, we saw that one. How about this one? <laughs> These about yeah, weddings. Yeah. Weddings are very big for character artists. Very cool. Look, you can call him there. Yeah, there's his number. <laughs> right if you there. want to call me, please yeah. do. Yeah. I so. love I love the work. Believe me, I do. Mm-hmm. I'd rather uh, I get a lot of I get a lot of um, fun out of, of being a character artist. It's just it's very, very cool. rewarding, and I, I highly recommend it. Now, to, to wrap up, I mean, do you do any personal appearances now, or are you basically just doing this? If a convention wants me to have them, they're welcome to call me, and uh, I'll be happy to show up if they want me there. <laughs> but nothing scheduled. I know a lot of stuff has been closed down the I'm last going to, years, Yeah, but. well, we have, we have a, a show out here that I do. It's called the Three Rivers uh, Comic Con. I've heard of it's, it. And uh, they're very good people. Yeah, and they run a terrific show. They don't have celebrities on. Mm-hmm. They it's based around comic books. The show is just for comics and people who love comics and people who work and do and create comics. Mm-hmm. So it's a good show, and they're having one at the uh, convention center coming up uh, early next year. And I uh, did the T-shirt for them this year. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Three Rivers Comic Con. Right. Oh wait! I didn't get to show you some of this. This is something you're you're going to be interested in. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> One of the uh, oh, here. One of the things that I did was a uh, a look and find. Remember when Where's Waldo was popular? Oh yeah, yeah. I did a look and find book for Spider Man. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. And I did a few pages into it, and then I had to have other people help me because it took me all freaking summer to draw it. Now, where was this? Where where was this published? Um, Is this in a regular? It's still in print. 
Oh, it's, it's, is, but is it a, is it a puzzle book? Years old. It's a puzzle it's, book or something of Spider-Man yeah, or, okay. Yeah, I think it, uh, I think the company was bought out by another company mm-hmm. and uh, I don't get a penny for it. <laughs> no royalties <laughs> on it, but I got to keep the original art well, that's because cool. um, I sent all the artwork was colored on a, on an overlay. Hmm. Uh, and I got some good colors. I got Ken Padonowitz to color it. And uh, this other lady who uh, worked at Mar- at DC, she worked in the production department. And she uh, lived in Tom's River where I was living at the time. She was living there at the time. And she helped me also color. And um, another colorist from uh, DC also helped color. I think that all the names are written in the book. So if you look it up, you'll be able to tell. Here's another page from that. This. This one is inked by Mike Esposito. The other one that I showed you was inked by Don Heck. I got oh, to wow. work with some big heavy hitters on this book because uh, <laughs> I had their phone numbers and I, I just called them up and said, hey, you want to make a lot of money? And yeah. They were paying a lot of money for this. This was a big, oh, cool. a big project. Yeah. And uh, that book led to uh, me doing this with Casper. Now, where was that? Look and find Casper book. Oh, okay. I think I've seen that before too. Wow. This is all colored by Ken Fedonowitz. He did mm-hmm. the coloring on. Oh, and he also did the coloring on the on the uh, Spider-Man book. Also, Ken and I did a lot of work together because when I needed a when I was working on Mister Fix and other projects that that I was putting together mm-hmm. um, for uh, editors and other companies that needed stuff like. Uh, giveaway comic books and things like that i did some i did some of those giveaway books and um ken would all ken would be there to do the coloring and the uh, the lettering now the thing about this is we're supposed to find casper in here and i i stayed up night after night trying to figure out how to draw casper differently than the way he's supposed to look it was nuts. It was, I, this was one of the most like unsatisfying books I ever did, but I think it turned out really, it, it looks pretty. I think, mm-hmm. I think it looks pretty, mm-hmm. especially the way uh, Ken colored it. He did a beautiful job. Mm-hmm. And here we are at an amusement park, like uh, Disney world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they made this a cover. This was a cover. I got all the ghosts in there and all the other little, little, uh, uh, characters that would appear with Casper. Can you see that? Can you see yeah. my whole okay? Yeah. I had forgotten about this. I have that book because I remember you got you actually got credit, you know. And this is what they're in a museum. Yeah. This is yeah. where they are at the museum. Yeah. <laughs> you got a dinosaur. You know, dinosaurs are big. <laughs> this was before Jurassic Park. <laughs> he was ahead of you know he knew and it was just I'm trying and trying not to draw Casper the way he looks, but he always turned out the same. Here we are. <laughs> he looks. Here we are. Well, spooky, little yeah. spooky going on there. Here they are eating pizza, mm-hmm. eating pizza, and little flying pizzas, spaceships, aliens. I got to draw that some uh, Harvey spaceships. Yeah, I'm sure you recognize them. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I had forgotten about that book, and I have the. You did two of them, if I remember correctly. You know, like, I also did a how to draw Casper and the character. Yeah, that's the other one. That's the other one. Yeah, that's well, right. that was 
the editors on this on this project were not very bright because <laughs> I they gave me all these um I'm, oh you can cut that out if you want <laughs> or leave it in um they gave me all the samples that they wanted in the book and it was all drawn by Warren Kremer on how to draw the characters hmm. and they put my name on the book yeah I remember that yeah <laughs> yeah. It, it, it was it, that's why I completely forgot about that book as quickly as I could and I even tried to write something in the in the foreword in the beginning of the book that you know telling people who Warren Kramer was and yeah. these were all based on his drawings but somehow it didn't come out the way I wrote it they edited it somehow well at anyway. some point I do have a book that I've written in cooperation with the Kramer family it's supposed to come out but it's been delayed because they want to give off their seal of approval on it, which I don't mind. It's their dad. Uh, and uh, so it's been delayed, unfortunately, almost indefinitely. But I hope they get it done because, you know, I think Warren Kramer should get his due. So um, Absolutely. It a, a lot of artwork from like his pulp days prior to working in comic books and everything you know and they gave me all this different artwork in there so i cover everything not just richie and casper so someday that'll come out it's supposed to come out this year but you know it's like it probably will take another year or so i'm hoping faster crossing fingers let me let me say this before we hang up or or go i want to say that every artist i ever met when i was working up at marvel or dc and especially up at harvey Mm-hmm. They were all extremely patient with me. Mm-hmm. They all took time out of whatever they were doing. They would put it aside and, and show me how to draw something mm-hmm. and, how to, and why, why they did it this way in the comic book industry, to show me how things were drawn and done in comics. And that, that went from everybody down to the, even the letterers and things like that. Mm-hmm. And that's because I believe strongly that when they were starting out in the industry, someone must have taken the time to show them how to do it too. So they were just passing it on. Yeah. And I I think that was a good, good thing that they did. And it was, it, it, you know, really made it more of a, like a, a family type of situation that we all felt and made us all feel sort of close to each other in that way. And I, I, I really, really will never forget that. Like John Romita would take time out of his schedule, Marie Severn and all those other people. And especially Warren, like I said, I'd come up every week and he would take the time. He'd take like 30, 40 minutes with me on, on how to do this and things like that. And he was so understanding and so kind to me. It was, it was, it was so nice. And I'll never forget that because I, I still remember the lessons that he taught me today to this day and i i still use <laughs> Very good. Anyway. all right well uh do you have any final words or uh just yeah thank give you me for... a call oh my uh, yeah you can put up my uh one of those, call those little things that you put on the bottom of the on the thing you can put up i'm my not website that sophisticated <laughs> you can but put can my say... website up there uh howardbenderart.com there we go <laughs> Howard Bender Art, yeah, you can give me a call. 732-600-3462. Call right now. The rates are low. I am, no, I no, am no, doing commissions. No call right now. <laughs> We're I'm, I'm doing show. commissions, and um, I've done a lot of commissions on Star Wars. I've done some reproduction Star Wars covers, and I'll, I'll, I'll reproduce any cover I did, or or I'll draw you. I won't come to your house if you're living uh, like more than a 
10, uh, more than 40 minutes from where I live. I won't come out to your house, but I, do you, <laughs> I will draw you a stumbo if you want a commission or anything like that. I will do that for you. And, and thank you for having me on, Mark. Thank, thank you, you very much. I always enjoy, I enjoyed your book, and I, I really I, I feel like we're kindred souls because we, we love comic books so yeah. much and, and Harvey in that way. Yes. And I want to thank you, Howard, for being on the show with me today. And that wraps up another Fun Ideas podcast. All right. Thank okay. you very much. There you right. go. Good Bye. night. Bye. Thank you for listening, and thank you, Howard Bender, for being my special guest. Remember, you can always watch the video version of this episode on YouTube. Season 5 and Episode 145 will be coming soon. If you would like to comment and or be a guest on this podcast, please drop me a line at funideas.mark at gmail.com. Become a patron of Mark Arnold and Fun Ideas Productions. If everyone listening just contributed a dollar a month, that would be a tremendous help in continuing the production of my books and this podcast. Also, subscribe to my YouTube channel. The opening and closing music for the Fun Ideas podcast is provided courtesy of Danny Salazzi of the characters and is used with permission. This has been the Fun Ideas podcast. This is Mark Arnold speaking. This episode is copyright 2022, Fun Ideas Productions. Thank you, and good night.